Welcome to Not The Only One. I'm Sarah Jerome, your host and high school youth minister here at St. Matthew Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This podcast explores our Catholic faith and is here to remind you that when you have questions, you're not the only one. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Not The Only One. Today, we have a special episode with Father Balki, who will be talking about prayer and praying for the Middle East, uh, especially during these hard times. Jim, I wanted to get together with you and um, share with you a little bit about some recent developments and events in the world, and um, I thought we could start off with a prayer. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, who adorn the sacred body of your church with the confessions of holy martyrs, Grant, we pray, that just as the glorious passion of St. Ignatius of Antioch, which we celebrate today, brought him eternal splendor, so it may be for us unending protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Father, tell me what saints we are celebrating today and why that is important. Absolutely. We have a martyr on the calendar today, so we're wearing red in the Catholic Church the whole world round. His name is St. Ignatius of Antioch. Uh, He was a bishop and a martyr who died in 107 under the Emperor Trajan. Um, And he was actually the person who gave us the phrase, the Catholic Church. So this feeling of universal faith. Uh, that we're all connected as a family of believers. And that's really come to the fore um, recently with things that have been going on in our world. Speaking of things that are going on in our world, we're seeing a lot of things unfold in the Middle East. A lot of things that a lot of us haven't seen in the past. How does that, how does that play into our life, and how do we respond to that as Christians? Sure. So part of this global feeling of faith is that something that happens with our brothers and sisters obviously affects us. We see it on the news. We wonder, you know, our heart sort of skips a beat when we realize that something challenging or difficult has happened. And that's certainly been the case um, with the attacks recently in Israel. Um, And, you know, I've been thinking of a good image to sort of typify the situation, Israel, you know, specifically, you know, right in the Holy Land, it's like a whole community that lives on a tightrope. They're sort of, you know, on this little suspended vulnerable spot, and um, there's sort of two entities that are at play here, but anyone can come over and bump into that tightrope, and that balance is so delicate. Um, And we've even seen something this week with these attacks that, um, honestly, it represents something more like taking scissors and starting to cut the tightrope um, to the point where we're losing people. Um, People have died. Innocent civilians have died, um, as well as combatants, um, because of these attacks that are going on. And so what was already a very precarious situation is now even more unstable. Um, It's desperate. Um, And through the different things that have happened, um, I think we're all sort of looking for that response um, what am I supposed to do? I, I believe, I understand these are sacred places and that every human life has value, especially as we celebrate Respect Life Month in October. Um, and so 
we're sort of grasping at what we're supposed to do. So what are those concrete things that, that we can do? Sure. I want to share with you an appeal that's been made um, basically by the group of bishops in the Holy Land. So here in the United States, it's pretty simple for us. We call it the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, or USCCB, as it's often shortened. Right. So the Assembly of Catholic Ordinaries of the Holy Land, the gathering of all of those church leaders in the Holy Land, sent out an appeal on the 11th of this month. It even says in their letterhead, right, the Latins, so Roman Catholics, Melkites, Maronites, Syrians, Armenians, Chaldeans, all those who are cooperating in the faith of Christ in these beautiful and rich traditions of our faith. Um, And they basically appeal that we would make today, Tuesday, October 17th, a day of fasting, abstinence, and prayer. In particular, they ask for us to spend time with the Eucharistic Lord and to recite the Rosary. Um, And in fact, these attacks came in right on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary last Saturday. Um, And so... This very unstable situation, they're asking us to pray, first and foremost. And, of course, a way to strengthen that prayer is by fasting or abstaining from meat or maybe some other sweet treat that you might enjoy, something that would normally be a comfort, um, to go ahead and set that aside out of solidarity and support for um, Christians in the Middle East. And... You know, we often wonder, you know, thinking to our Lenten experience, well, why, how are these related? Why, why do you do these together? And I would give you the words of St. Peter Chrysologus. Um, he has a beautiful reading that we get every year in Lent um, when we're praying the Liturgy of the Hours. He says, There are three things, my brethren, by which faith stands firm, devotion remains constant, and virtue endures. They are prayer, fasting, and mercy. Prayer knocks at the door. Fasting obtains, mercy receives. Prayer, mercy, and fasting, these three are one, and they give life to each other. And he goes on to break them down and, and look at some of those, those ways that we can do that. But when we're able to do something that's maybe uncomfortable for us, um, to spend that extra 10 minutes in prayer, maybe we have to shift our morning routine a little bit, maybe our lunch break is shorter, um, Maybe we really look forward to that ham sandwich and we go to cheese instead um, or we stick to a simple salad. Um, The point of all of our spiritual actions is not to make us miserable so we can take that out on other people. It's so when we're not focusing on food or something comfortable that we can focus more on God. We can connect with him and that is where the fruit of prayer comes Um, even more strongly into our lives. Um, You know, it's funny, this is all very heavy stuff. I was thinking of um, a trip I took to the Whitewater Center here in Charlotte. Um, We're we're very familiar with it, of course. And so they always tell you, you know, this is is not a controlled environment. This is a guided environment. There's someone who knows how to navigate a river, but they're not in charge of the water. Anything could happen. And I've had at least one situation where I was thrown out of a raft Um, that's a very terrifying feeling, much like it might be for a Christian in the Middle East right now, of course, to a much lesser degree. But the thing that you're coached to do is to wait for someone to throw a rope to bring you to the shore, to get you out of that dangerous current, and knowing that there's someone there who's going to throw that rope, 
sort of gives you the confidence to get in the boat, that, that you can be guided safely through this journey. And so every time we pray or fast or abstain from meat or sweets, what we're doing is we're throwing small and important ropes to people who are in the water, um, who are in danger. Um, and we might think, well, you know, that's not a very strong rope. Well, if we all throw a piece of fishing line, we can, we can help a lot of people. God can use that very powerfully, and especially at a large parish like we have here at St. Matthew. What a great force to mobilize, um, to, to bring about much good, and through our prayer and our small sacrifices in the day, to be able to contribute that to the Holy Land, um, to answer the call that these bishops and ordinaries have, have made for us to, to unite with those in the Holy Land, um, but also to grow our hearts and generosity and faith. So those of us that are in the water or might find ourselves in the water and with that feeling of helplessness, what, what, what do we do? How do we look? How do we find that rope? How do we, how do we survive in that water? So I think a, a context is important, right? God doesn't allow suffering to punish us. He's not a, a mean guy who's trying to get me. Um, God always allows evil in the world um, out of a respect for free will that we're always free to choose and because he sees an opportunity for a greater good to come out of it. For instance, you know, most of us will look back on things and say, well, that was a life lesson. might have been a speeding ticket. (laughs) Your wallet didn't like that speeding ticket, but you might have become a little safer a driver because of that. And so that's maybe a very controlled sort of evil, but even something like a hurricane, right? That upswell of support where we see people reaching out, going, bringing food, clothing, helping to rebuild. There's so much powerful goodness that takes place there. Um, And even when humans are responsible for that, when we're doing violence against our neighbor, when there's Um, some affront of human dignity. Um, In that harm, God still leaves the options open for us because he knows that being good and helped by his grace, we can do beautiful things in his name. And he wants to keep those open for us. He wants us to embrace that call to love as Christ loves and to challenge ourselves, to grow in ways that we probably couldn't if everything was easy. Amen to that. Do you want to promote tomorrow's 1210 rosary? You Absolutely. Want to talk about that? Yeah, so very much, um, and it's a quick reaction. We had a, an impetus to pray a rosary at 1210 last week um, on Wednesday in the church. Very well attended. Um, we're still seeing viewers coming in um, from all over um, who want to be connected to that. It just seems like the right thing to do. This is a time of prayer, especially in this month of the Most Holy Rosary. And so we're going to renew that again. Um, so that'll be Wednesday the 18th at 1210 in the main church. Um, all are welcome. Uh, you don't have to know how to pray the rosary. I'm sure we can have rosaries available if you don't own one, a pamphlet to guide you through. Um, but turning to our Blessed Mother is, of course, always a good move. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a beautiful imagery here that our Blessed Mother became our mother right on Calvary. Woman, behold your son. 
son, behold your mother, those words from St. John's Gospel, that's when the Lord entrusts us to her care. And right where those things happened is where this violence and instability is happening right now. And so it's the most appropriate antidote to instability and, and danger and loss of life um, in the Holy Land to pray through the intercession of Mary. And that's tomorrow, Wednesday, 1210, Main Church, Main Campus. We will also have a, a live stream up on our YouTube channel, but we'd much rather see your smiling face in our building. Bring a friend, bring a neighbor. Uh, please join us. You're leading that, correct? You're, I will, yes. Okay, awesome. And I've heard a rumor that we might have some school children attend. That would be beautiful. Yeah, I think some of our grades will be able to make it. And of course, you know, a grateful heart in prayer is is a powerful thing. So I'm looking forward to what those children will add. Awesome. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully we'll get you back on here. Sounds good. Thanks so much for making time today. Thanks, Father.